You know, I feel really good about things when Vaughn Palmer agrees with me on something. And Vaughn agrees with me on the movie Halloween this morning, right, Vaughn? Yes, I do, Simi. I, uh, look, I know there are sharks in the world. I know there are viruses. I even know there are Asian giant hornets. But Halloween <laughs> scares me because it challenges my whole world view. It suggests that there are there is pure evil in the world. Yes. Evil that can't be treated with drugs or locking people up or therapy or security. And it will always find you. And the the guy, the great character in that movie is Sam Loomis, played by Donald Pleasance, the psychiatrist. And by the way, the name is straight out of Psycho, as movie buffs yes. will know. Um, yeah, so, so Sam Lewis is a, is a psychiatrist. <laughs> he carries around an enormous <laughs> gun. Yes. And the reason he does is because his patient, he says he spent eight years trying to get inside the head of his patient. When he got there, what he found was pure evil, and uh, he doesn't ever want him to be loosed on the world. So it's a great movie. You know, the, the only unfortunate thing about Halloween is that it spawned a whole oh, awful world yeah. of, of, of slasher films. It is not a slasher film. It's, it's I right. mean, I read an interview with the director, John Carpenter, once, and he said, look, blood and gore is really expensive, and this was a low-budget movie. I couldn't afford it. So it isn't gory and violent. It is nevertheless scary in the same way that maybe its only rivals for the title are, and one would be Psycho, and the other one, I guess, would be Kubrick's The Shining, which yeah. is also a very, very powerful, scary film because of what it doesn't show you. So there you go. Exactly. Thank you. I, that's the whole thing. I love the first one, not so much any of the other ones. But yeah. yeah, there's something so menacing about it without anything actually ever happening. It's such a classic. Yeah. Now I feel like watching it again. Uh, let's talk about some politics, which can also be menacing without anything really happening. Uh, but about this whole freedom of information situation, Vaughn, this does not seem to be dying down at all. No, it isn't. So the Information and Privacy Commissioner came out yesterday. <laughs> Michael McAvoy, he's the independent watchdog on this stuff, right? He's the person you'd go to to say, is this good for information and privacy or is this bad? So he came out with a seven-page letter yesterday denouncing the NDP's bill. Um, tells you paragraph by paragraph what he disagrees with. And one of his, I was really struck by this criticism. So the New Democrats in this bill, Simi, remove the office of the premier from a list of public bodies that are subject to freedom of information. A number of us spotted that and went to the government and said, <laughs> this looks a little suspicious that you're taking the premier's office out yeah. of the list. The government gave us a, I have to say, bogus and dubious explanation. It's just a technicality. No, no, no. We're not trying to protect the premier from access to information requests. Why would we do that, right? And we go, okay, well, I've heard the explanation. Well, McAvoy weighs in yesterday in his letter, and he says, no, no. The government's reading of that change is probably wrong. It isn't 
the case that just by taking the premier off the list, he would still be subject to access to information requests. Uh, That isn't the case at all. He says you shouldn't do this. He also asks a great question. If it doesn't mean anything that they took the premier off the list of bodies covered by access to information, why do it? Why are they doing this? And I think if you put that together with John Horgan's on-the-record statement that the B.C. Liberals are asking too many questions under access to information, um, I think you got your explanation. This whole thing stinks, and I think McAvoy, and that isn't his only criticism, McAvoy has exposed it for the sham that it is. Yeah, and the whole thing about moving that, like, I would think that if the if the BC Liberals had done this when they were in power, oh, oh come yeah, on, and, like, and they it would, would deserve be it, right? crazy, yes. You know, I, I in fact, you make an interesting point. I gather that as we headed into the 2013 election, there was a proposal in government to do something along these lines, to try to rein in the volume of access to information requests by either changing the legislation or by um, bringing in a fee. And uh, Christy Clark was advised by her political advisors, don't do it because it'll blow up in your face. And that was very good advice. And um, I think we see now that. Here's another thing that McAvoy raised. This is fascinating. The government in June appointed a committee of the legislature to review the Freedom of Information and Privacy Act. This committee is supposed to, you know, bring in stakeholders, look at the act, recommend changes. That committee has met for exactly two minutes since June. Two minutes. And McAvoy says, he finds this completely baffling. Why would you strike a committee to review the act and then before it has even had a proper chance to meet rewrite the act like it doesn't make any sense well it makes sense i guess if you think this whole thing is a fiasco uh designed to weaken the act and use the government majority to prevent people from filing requests or discouraging them from filing requests but otherwise it makes no sense at all it does not. Uh, also, this morning we were going to talk about this whole the group, this group of doctors that has come forward to say they would like to see health officials do more here in BC. Yeah, so uh, they call themselves what? Uh, people uh, protect our province. This is a group of legitimate doctors. One has to say these are not the quacks that don't believe in vaccination. Um, And they had a a webcast yesterday, and they're raising issues where they think um, that BC has gotten it a bit wrong. So the first issue they raised was they think that uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry, uh, the BC public health people, downplayed for some time that the virus is mainly spread aerosol through the air. 
too much emphasis on surfaces and droplets landing on the on the ground and on surfaces. Um, aerosol spread, and they th- and because of that, they think that more should have been done to uh, protect against aerosol spread. Uh, one example would be ventilation in the schools. So that's their first issue. Um, they indicated yesterday on the webcast that the next thing they're going to raise is another area where the government's been criticized: um, rapid testing. We didn't make enough use of rapid testing. It'd be very handy in some circumstances. So, you know, I I think. The first thing to say about it is these are legitimate criticisms by medical authorities, but it does represent a departure from the early days of the pandemic when I think the general view in the medical establishment in the province was, let's try to speak to the public with a single voice on this issue. Let's not start challenging um, the collective view of public health on it. So we've been at it for a long time now. There are legitimate criticisms out there that are, that are as I said, not being mounted by anti-vaxxers, um, but it's controversial in the sense that you are hearing some criticism of Dr. Bonnie Henry and public health. Yeah, it has taken a long time to get to this point, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've been hearing, I think all of us in the media have been hearing about it. Uh, There's been coverage, you know, by different news organizations of different aspects where they were slow to respond or the directives were confusing. I've expressed the view that I think we've taken some premature victory laps and declared given people the impression that it's over even when it wasn't. I think BC underestimated the second wave, the third wave, and the fourth wave. But at the same time, this is a really difficult thing to manage. It's very complicated. Um, The science has changed. The data has changed. And we've not been here before with anything like this. So I think you always qualify that. As I said, I think it's legitimate for uh, credible medical authorities to come out and start questioning some of the things we've Mm -hmm. done. I would note, however, that on their webcast yesterday, uh, their chat box was immediately overwhelmed with all the wacky quackery out there, too. So, you know, welcome to the debate. Yeah, (laughs) and we put that in air quotes, the debate. Uh, Thank you for that, Vaughn. Bye-bye. Vaughn Palmer.